Welcome to the Young, Fun, and Sober podcast. I am your host, Blazik, a.k.a. Sober Guy Journal. And I'm Julia, also known as That One Sober Friend on TikTok. Knowing what I know now, I wouldn't change anything except to feel more emotionally slow down. Life's a merry-go-round. But things ain't merry when you're going through the motions. Fulfillment lies in emotions. So why go through life unavailable? You're unfailable. This how did I been What's the topic again? <laughs> we are going to go over um, coming back to sobriety after a slip up. And then also how to prevent slip ups or relapse in the future. Bang. You just did the intro. We'll just use that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that works. <laughs> Cool. I'll just let you kick it off, actually, because because you have the outline. Julia has the outline, everybody. All right. So basically, my idea behind this is like we're kind of coming towards the end of summer. I know summer can be a super triggering time for a lot of people. Um, And now that we're transitioning, not yet, but we will be into fall um, and folks might be kind of finding their way back to sobriety, I thought it would be a good idea to talk about uh, me and Blazik's experience when it comes to slip-ups. I feel like we have, again, like two very different perspectives when it comes to that. So I thought it would be fun to explore that. And just, you know, although this is something that we like to talk about and we feel like we're, you know, comfortable talking about our experience, it doesn't mean that our experience is perfect. Um, We make mistakes too, we're human. And so I hope that helps the audience see us in that, in that way. So. Yeah. Like all I ever try and do is share my story. Like I, I don't ever try and tell anyone what to do or <laughs> any of that. Like I'm far from, if you're looking for an expert, like turn this. Yeah. We are on. not experts. Um, we've just been through some shit and that's pretty much our credentials. <laughs> yeah. Just been through some shit. And like, I'm not going to tell you to do anything. I'll just tell you what's, what's happened to me and how I've responded. And, and you can, you can collect data and do with that what you will, but yeah, I'll, I'll start with mine. Um, like my most recent, well, it was kind of like an ongoing relapse in a way. So obviously if you, if you've watched my page or anything, like I went 286 days, had a relapse and from there it got a little bit sticky for a bit. Like, because for me, the, the challenge that I had the biggest issue with is once you crush, crush, I'm putting that in quotes, that long sobriety streak then it almost feels like what's the difference between a week ago and today? Like, I only have six days of sobriety. What does it matter if I drink? So that's like a really, really, really hard challenge that I had to overcome. And what made it even more challenging is like, sometimes I'd have three weeks, four weeks under my belt, but it's still just like not that significant of amount of time. Like, especially when you've had 280 days to be like, oh, I'm on day 21, but I really want to drink right now. It's pretty easy to just be like, whatever, like, I'll, I'll just do it. So when I relapsed back in, I think it was March, it was pretty much until about 45 days ago that, that I was relapsing. And I, those relapses were different too. They weren't, they weren't drink and everything goes to shit, but they were, 
they were like, I don't have control over this. I was not choosing to drink necessarily. And I never did anything crazy. I never, the, the, the one that was kind of the final straw for me actually was when I drank the night before. And this was probably like 48 days ago or whatever. I drank the night before and I woke up and I started drinking because I was so anxious. And that's when I knew like, Oh, this is like out of hand. It's, it's gone too far. So yeah, like my relapses were, were basically stemming off of one and, and yeah, like, I, I don't know what questions or stuff, whatever we want to dive into, but like, that's kind of my story. I'll let Julia share hers and then we can kind of like dig in deeper if we want to. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have questions about yours, but basically like what happened with me was in the beginning of my sobriety journey, I was just confused on if I wanted to go this route completely in the first place. Um, so that obviously meant that my sobriety was in a pretty weak spot at that point, because I wasn't even sure if it was something that I wanted to pursue, um, going forward, like full fledged sobriety. So I had, I I've mentioned this before in previous episodes, but basically what happened was I took a 30 day break. I drank, I then went I was thinking I was going back um, to sobriety for two weeks, but then I decided to drink Halloween of 2021, like the Saturday before Halloween or whatever. Um, And what was weird about those two things was the first slip up that I had after the initial month, um, I was going on vacation and I was going into the vacation, not knowing if I was going to drink or not. And we'll talk about... (laughs) We'll talk about prevention. Yeah. Yeah. I don't recommend that. Um, we'll talk about prevention, like more so later, but that was what happened with that. And then when it came to Halloween, um, I had mentally made the decision that I was going to drink like two days before I actually drank. Um, and the difference though, was when I woke up, on October 31st, which was a Sunday. That's when I had my like revelation or my eye-opening moment of there's no way this way of life that I've lived for so for years is going to be what I go. It is what I'm going to do going forward. Um, I'm going to choose the route that I've never chose before. And I'm going to, even if I fail, I know that sobriety is going to be the thing that I keep choosing over and over again. Thankfully, I've I've been strong with it and I've been consistent with not drinking since then. I'm almost at like 300 days now. Um, so, yeah, very different situations. And go ahead. Yeah. And like if, if you're not super confident, I can see how that would be very sketchy ground to stand on if you're just like in the middle ground of of do i am i going to drink maybe like if you're not 100 percent no then it's tough to go into that position but um i was gonna what was i gonna say i got a million things running through my mind but there was one specific point that i wanted to make about uh about relapse oh yeah so like relapse like that's like a great data point for you like that's what you have to look at it as it's just like really a data point of 
of what you don't want. Cause like, I don't think many people have positive relapse stories. Like that doesn't seem to necessarily be a thing. So like, you just really have to use it as a data point. And once you have enough data points to form a conclusion, then like, you're going to have that, but that's not, that's again, like not an excuse or a permission or anything to relapse. Like, not that I can give you either of those, but it's, it, it is what it is, right? Like if, if you relapse and it doesn't have to be like all negative, you can just be like, wow, that was an awful experience. I'm super anxious. Nothing bad happened. I'm super anxious. I don't want that again. Like it could be that very well could be that. Yeah. And the thing that I was going to ask you actually, um, because I want to go into the prevention stuff a little bit later, um, was like when you, although you drank for like a little bit of time, like the first time that you drank, like looking back now, do you see what decisions like led up to that or like what circumstances led up to that? Or was it, did it feel just random to you? No, it definitely wasn't random. Like a lot of life was getting hard. Like most of my sobriety, my life was somewhat easy uh, in the sense of like, just things were going well, pretty like generally speaking when it came to my life. Um, but like within in February, like I went through a breakup, my mom got diagnosed with cancer, just like some tough stuff, tough stuff happened. And then I was strong for like another six to six to eight weeks. But just like that kind of building and then me not like taking precaution to make sure that it didn't happen. It wasn't that I was like actively thinking like, okay, I'm going to drink, I'm going to drink. But I was like, I think I was starting to have thoughts like, what if I did drink? Like, what if this, or I wasn't going to meetings. Um, Cause I quit doing those pretty much when drinking or when sobriety got easy, not when it recommends stopping that. Um, I wasn't listening to, it was, it's funny. Like I would see a new episode of a sobriety podcast pop up in my like Apple podcast. And I would just like not listen to it. Cause like, mm -hmm. I almost didn't want to hear it. Like that might convince me that I don't want to drink. <laughs> and sometimes you don't want to be convinced, you know, it's like when they say, pick up the phone and call a friend, it's like, well, my friend's going to tell me no. <laughs> like, right. Like, why would I? I get the thought process behind it, but like when you're actually like addicted to this shit and craving it, last thing you're going to do is pick up the phone and call a friend. So, um, yeah, there was multiple things leading up to it and just kind of like, didn't put the right steps in place. And then that's, you know, that's kind of like why TikTok is my accountability. That's why this podcast is my accountability. Like kind of just eliminates that, option in a way to drink like i would have to come on here and lie to you lie to you lie to people listening lie to people watching my videos and that just doesn't line up with my value system so for me it's like a good accountability thing to do yeah yeah definitely um and i feel like i've already spoken on it, but definitely where I went wrong was I didn't make the decision beforehand before going on vacation. So does and that mean like part of you wanted, like, were, is that you pretty much a hundred percent deciding you are going to drink? Would you say? Uh, 
Well, well, what I wasn't, for some reason, I wasn't realizing was I was going on vacation with friends. Every vacation that I've gone on with friends includes me getting drunk. So if I wasn't going into that interaction, like you said, 100% knowing I was going to say no, just like the probability is if I've always done it this certain way so many times, and then I'm going into it only 50, 50. Okay. Well then what I've done always is probably going to win. Not the thing that I'm, I'm challenging myself to do. So that's, just goes to show and it kind of piggybacks off of what you were saying that we really do create our own realities. It starts in here. And I do want to talk about like environments that trigger us and whatnot, but it really does come down to in the beginning of sobriety, when you first make this decision, you are putting in the work, you are going to the meetings, you are intaking the sober content, you're talking about it, you're you're manifesting basically your life. Um, Like your full-time job is to stay sober in a way. Totally. And, or it's even like, sometimes I like to think of it as a new relationship. When you're in a new relationship, you're putting a lot of effort because you want it to be strong. But sometimes what will happen in relationships, and this is like friendship, romantic, even like when you first get a job, you're putting so much effort into it at first. And as time goes on, people get lazy. It's a very human thing to do. And it's very like normal and natural. Um, But when you, when you let that happen, the relationship, it grows weaker and weaker and weaker. And it's the same thing, your relationship with your sobriety. If you aren't constantly putting effort into it, that foundation is going to have cracks and those cracks are going to get bigger and then it might result in a slip up. And that's what we don't want to happen. <laughs> right. No, you're a hundred percent right. It's, it's, it's e- like easy is not the right word, but it's easier those first few months because once you get over that hump, then you're in the pink cloud. You're, you're, it's euphoric. It's you get a high from listening to other people talk about their sobriety you get a high from talking about your sobriety. All of this becomes so exciting. And it's like, like you said, like dating a new person, it's thrilling. You get butterflies, you want to keep it all of that. But yeah, over time, it, it starts getting easier to take the space and, and, and yeah, that's when bad things happen. Yeah. So like what I've, I will say though, Around my six month mark, I was starting to have thoughts of romanticizing alcohol. This was probably in like the springtime. And that's when I was realizing like summertime, springtime, warm weather, that is definitely one of my triggers um, because that's when I was having those thoughts that I wasn't used to having. Um, I also made a TikTok about this. I I kept getting like Snapchat memories of that time a year ago. And I know sometimes some people have told me that they also like documented when they were 
like having a really hard time and like hungover and stuff like that. I really didn't document it that way. I would journal about it, but I wasn't taking like pictures and videos. I was taking pictures of, and videos of, you know, when I'm looking cute in the beginning, the buzz first hit, it looks like I'm having a good time. I wasn't necessarily, you know, documenting in that way, the, the really hard emotions that I was experiencing the next day. So, but kind of what my thought process was, was when I started romanticizing was what was I doing in the beginning? Because whatever I was doing back then, it was working because I was consistent. And so I had kind of fallen off when it came to journaling. Um, I had kind of stopped talk about talking about it in therapy. And so I really had to like check in with myself and be like, if I want to keep choosing this going forward, I need to take care of it because no one else is going to take care of it besides no one's going to do it for me besides me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting though, that, that for you, it's, it's the spring and summer and stuff. Cause I'm the exact opposite actually. So that's, <laughs> it's so funny how we're opposite in different ways, but um, those, those moments are like easy to romanticize when you see, pictures when you see photos it's it's just like instagram you know it's like the happy couple that we know fights all the time or or whatever it might be like it's so so and we're also the opposite because this is like gross and just shows you like the fucking awful mindset i was in but like i saw a video of me puking on my snapchat stories yesterday like my my history i'm like wow dude that was really cool of you to post right like that you're fucking over there puking like good job dude <laughs> that's for sure gonna attract the ladies um so yeah like my my memories have been reminding me lately like why i shouldn't be drinking but yeah like like my triggers are the exact opposite my triggers are loneliness like when i'm alone that's when i want to drink when i'm um sad when i'm anxious when i'm like wanting to just unwind from the day those are my triggers my triggers actually are not like drinking with people or out golfing or being at the pool like that doesn't bother me like i almost enjoy it more because i think i used to drink in those situations and just really actually feel so lethargic and tired and exhausted that it took like one time not doing, I was like, Oh, this is actually a way better experience. And there's people around to distract me. Like that's really all I was looking for with alcohol was like some, some sort of connection. Like I just wanted to connect with something, even if it was like a substance that made me feel comfortable with myself. So yeah, like my, my triggers are definitely, and I'm, I'm kind of scared of winter coming. Like, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, it, we still got some time, but it'll be, it'll be like a, a different ball game in a sense. Cause I can't just go for a walk, which is something I like to do when I have a craving. I can't just go do things like that. Cause it's going to be zero degrees outside. Yeah. So it honestly seems like when you're experiencing triggers, you may want to then make plans with friends, go out with friends. That might be yeah a good way to get over that really tough moment that you're having. Whereas like me, maybe the party isn't the best place for me to be. Maybe having my night in doing a little guided meditation, journaling, turning on my like essential oils, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
doing the things that I was really, really consistent with in the beginning, that could possibly, you know, be what's going to help me. And it, it's probably going to change, you know, going forward as the seasons of life, you know, go on. But that's a good point to make that just because one situation triggers one person, it could have a completely no effect on another. Yeah. And like, I, I mean, it makes sense in my mind why you're triggered that way. Like, I think I was and everybody asked me that, Oh, like, is this triggering? Like, should we not, you know, like, I hate when people say that, but I also know they're coming from a good spot when they're like, should we not yeah. drink? Like, I'm like, yo, you can like do, you know, beer bongs. I don't care. Like I'm, I'm just enjoying being around everyone. And like the, the only thing that I don't like about those events is like maybe when people start getting sloppy, it's not triggering for me. It's just like, Oh, I don't really want to be here anymore, but it's not, it's not like a, tr- a trigger thing that I have. It's, yeah, it's basically just like I used to do certain things and I would drink when I did them. And those are my triggers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another point I wanted to bring up, which you kind of already did with using not only seeing a slip up as a negative thing. And I think that this can maybe help when it comes to forgiveness, because you do have to forgive yourself when, when this type of shit happens is using it as a tool going forward. I remember I still have the journal entry of when I drank on Halloween and I was like, Julia, nothing bad happened. Nothing serious happened. You remember coming home, but you still feel like this. And you know exactly what I'm talking about when I, I was like talking to my future self. Yeah. I was like, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You don't enjoy this. It's not worth it. Like at the end of the day, it's not worth it. And I'm so glad that I, you know, and, and people don't have to journal. I, you know, maybe, maybe it could be, I don't know, like, okay. Like our TikToks. Like that's a really good yeah. way of documenting it. Um, so the guy journal. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> when you talked to, well, you can go back to that video that you posted when you had to kind of like, you know, be honest with everyone. And maybe yeah. you can kind of channel the way that you felt when you posted that of like, man, this kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, it did suck. Yeah. I remember like being at the park and I recorded it like 15 different times. Uh, Just like, not knowing how to say it, you know, it, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. It's, it's not always a negative. Well, it is a negative thing. Like I'm not, sometimes I hate one thing I hate about the sobriety world is sometimes they can be so soft, like including me, you know, like sometimes we need tough love too. Like, yeah, it's a negative thing to relapse. That sucks. It's not all yeah. good. Like it's, I'll, I agree with that. <laughs> it's not all good. Like you fucked up. And you know it. So why can't I tell you it? Like (laughs) people fucked up. I fucked up. People could tell me I fucked up. Um, But that doesn't mean that just because something bad happened, everything has to be bad. Like great things in life come from bad things. You know, like the girl that you, you thought your dream girl, she breaks up with you. Now you have to level up. You're forced to level up. You have no other option. You got to hit the gym. You got to get serious about work. You got to get your place looking good. You level up because something bad happened in your life. Same thing here. Like 
maybe it's best that you had that relapse because maybe you would have got comfortable and then your relapse would have happened in the time in life when things really couldn't afford to have a relapse. Like you had kids and you had a family and now you're breaking the family down. So maybe you needed a relapse now as you're a single person so you could get your shit together for when that comes. Like, yes, it's bad. Yes, you need to be like disciplined. Um, But I see how it happens. I'm not saying that. Like I, I see how it happens but you did fuck up and that's okay. Just like we got to learn from it. Yeah. And I think that it's a good reminder to have is we learn best by experiencing, Mm. you know, when it comes to any, I can read about CrossFit and I can watch videos about CrossFit all that I want, but unless I'm under the bar, (laughs) I'm probably not taking in that much. Do you know what I'm saying? So I, yeah, I don't want to give people, you know, any ideas, but it's just, if we're in a spot where it has already happened and what has, you know, the deed is done. I just want to encourage people. That's not game over. That just means you got to get back on the horse. You can let it be game over, but that's probably, it's the worst thing you can do. (laughs) If you had the idea to get sober, then if you had the idea to get sober, then I hate to be the, I hate to be the one to tell you this. You're probably never going to be normal drinker again. Like otherwise you wouldn't have seeked out sobriety. Like I hate to be the one to tell you that, but it's true. And that's why like I put so much emphasis on my page of, I want my life to look spontaneous and exciting and fulfilling without the alcohol, you know, wanting to be a normal drinker. I, I understand where that thought process comes from, but as I have gone on in my sobriety journey, I've realized how little that would not be a fulfilling thing for me. Maybe it's something I could do, but it doesn't, in the grand scheme of things, I see now that that does not matter. No, my, my endeavors and my goals and my achievements, those are the things I should be worried about. You know what I mean? Priorities, right? Like where do your, where do your priorities lie? And, and if you were, we got to think about this too, as people that have drinking problems, if we were to drink the way that we wanted to, in the sense of, okay, I have my drinking under control. This is how I drink now. That would be what, two drinks when we go to the pool? So what's that do? <laughs> what's that What's that? You're do not for even us? feeling, yeah. It's like almost like you're just like drinking, I don't know, the sugar and the calories of that. Yeah, point. so it's like we're either going to feel this feeling of euphoria for an hour or two, or we're just going to like, drink normal for as long as we can hold normal two turns into three two weeks later three turns into four like that's how it would be for me um so like i just had to let go of that idea of of moderation because i would get there i i would get to where like i could moderate i'm talking more like two years ago when i more so like started the journey but i could never string together more than 30 days i would get like three weeks And then I would have like two drinks and then I would go another three weeks and have four drinks and then three weeks. And I'm like, I'm moderating, I'm doing it. But it Mm -hmm. was a mental obsession that it's exhausting. 
it was exhausting. It was way easier to quit drinking because I was doing this like, okay, and, and let's give it 10 days and then I'll drink. Like, oh, it's going to be awesome. Like nine more days. Just thinking about these drinks. It's then you're still You're still living for the drink, whether oh, yeah. you're having it or not. You're still living your life with like that as the end goal. And I'm using air quotes. Um, and it's like, you literally have to reprogram your brain <laughs> to be like, yeah. that literally doesn't matter. And <laughs> <laughs> once you can like accept that, then it frees up so much mental space. Like, I don't know if you so saw much. my video yesterday, but I was like, sobriety is like being on vacation because for me, as somebody who drank every day, my whole day was like, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. I got to get this done so I can drink. So it was like, and these are things that are meant to be enjoyed. I got to go to the gym. Okay. Got to go. Come on. Got to go to the gym. I got to eat dinner real quick. I got to shower real quick. I got to take the dog for a walk real quick. That can be like an enjoyable routine, right? Like cooking dinner, enjoying my shower, like taking the dog for a walk. These can all be things that can be enjoyed. I'm like rushing through them so that I can pop that bottle of wine and enjoy, enjoy my wine. So like, I always felt like I had a place to be like I was running behind and I had a place to be. Whereas now my life feels more like vacation. Cause it's like, there's nowhere to be. There's like nothing to do. And that's obviously an extreme example. Like I have shit in my life that I do, but I can, it, it can all be enjoyed. It's not like, it doesn't feel like a checklist. So basically what you're saying is sobriety has opened up your mind to the idea of life is not about the finish line. It's literally about the journey. It's about the path. Exactly. That's where, you know, I look back of times where I was, you know, really struggling for whatever reason, whether that be like financially relationships, whatever. And I realized that like my time that I was like at home with my roommate, who was my, who's my best friend. And we were roommates at the time. And we were at home in our pajamas doing nothing. Those are where I have the most like fondest memories. And I was so happy and I was just so myself and there was not a drink in sight. Yeah. I was just, yeah. I was just chilling. Like I was literally chilling. just chilling. And that was so much fucking fun. That's what it's about. Like it, it really is the journey. Like it's, I mean, if we didn't have a destination, we couldn't enjoy the journey. So like, I understand how we're programmed to think not to mention just in Western culture, like we are programmed to graduate high school, graduate college, get the job, get the house, have the kids, the, 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 um, Mm -hmm. it's like laid out for us, you know? So it's, it's easily understandable why we think that we should, be getting to point B. And once we hit point B, that's when we're going to be happy. But it's really like, and this is life, this is sobriety, this is everything. Like the journey is the only thing that we have because you'll learn real quick with probably every accomplishment that you've ever hit, that high of of hitting the finish line is one day. I mean, it's really one day. Like if you get the new job. It's like exciting as hell. And, but then you got to go back to work and Mm -hmm. like, now there's a new goal, whatever that goal is, there's a new goal. So 
yeah, like enjoying the process and just learning and whatever that might be in sobriety for you, that might be like, damn, like I want to just connect with people. For me, I love connection. So like, it's fun for me and you to like do this connection every 30 minutes, like with a stranger on the internet, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like it's cool that we're building this connection. I try and connect with like people on TikTok all the time. Like I'll DM people, I'll, I'll try and talk to them. Like I like the connection aspect of sobriety. So for me, that's kind of like my part of the journey that I enjoy. And it's, I try and leverage that because I want to make this journey enjoyable. So with, for you, it's, you know, being active, then enjoy that and in place, make it clear in your head. Like, Oh, I get to do this because I'm sober. Like, that's why I get to do this. Like whatever it might be, if it's connecting with your children, like that's a big one. That's my biggest fear is like, I never want to have kids and like not be present for them. Cause I've done that with like my dog and that feels shitty and he's not going to develop like a anxiety disorder or like, (laughs) you know, have like relationship issues later in life. Like, but I like, I remember doing that, you know, during my drinking times, just like ignoring my dog, like just taking him for a quick walk, like, you know, stuff like that. And that may sound small, but it's just like, I don't want to do that with my kid. Yeah. Yeah. I made a whole video about that. How like my, my surface level, why is because I hated the way it made me feel. I felt like shit made me depressed. The underlying reason is it was turning me into a person that I did not want to be. And I knew I didn't want to be that person as a parent. I wanted to be someone that my kids can count on and I don't need to run to something when things get hard. That's what I want my kids to, to learn from me, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, a. I think that's a, that's like really big picture. And I really like that because sometimes we get wrapped up in what's happening right now. And if, a listener has just gone through a slip up and, you know, they're thinking that getting back on the horse is going to be this really hard thing. It might be, but big picture, your future self is going to be so happy that you did that even when things got hard. Yeah. As a parent, like another thing too, I'm just trying to, I've had this mind shift lately where I'm like, I'm a single guy I'm dating. Like I'm, I'm ready for that time in my life to like find my person and like start a family. Like, I'm not going to rush that, but I'm very open to that idea coming into my life. Um, but I want to be the person that I want to date. So when I think of like the person I want to date, I don't think that they need to be sober, but I want them to be able to manage their emotions. I want them to be able to, to look at something logically and be like, okay, how do I handle this? So like, if I can't be that person, how the hell am I going to, maybe I can attract that person into my life, but there's no way that I can keep them. Like that, would, right. that's not a sustainable formula. Um, so yeah, just like, I'm just trying to be the person that, and it's pretty easy when you reverse engineer that way. It's like, what, this is a very simple question to ask yourself that I ask myself that changes everything. What would the person that I want to be, what would they do? And it's just like, if I you're making that. a decision, it's so easy. Like, Oh, well, they would do this. Then it's just like, okay, well, I'll just do this. And it's so, you just have to, you just have to do what the person that you would look up to would do. And you know, you know what they would do. 
See, it's not even like you have to make the decision. You just do what they do. Exactly. Well, I don't know how much time we have left, but. I brought the pro version. So we're oh, good. we're fancy now. Yeah. <laughs> 799 Zoom. What up? <laughs> um, but we can cut it too if you don't have any more prompts. I, like I was a little say, I was a little sassy today on the episode. I was like a little <laughs> fiery. I think we both were. Very passionate about this it's a, topic. It's a day today. Yeah, I guess I would just say like what I want people to walk away with, I guess, is what we keep saying basically is like you create your reality and what what you are putting time and effort into is how is what the results of your life are going to look like. So I don't know, just if you're feeling like you're getting comfortable, that's okay. That could mean that you're being confident, but just check in with yourself every now and again. Don't get cocky just because you're feeling confident. Especially if and, life is easy at the time. Like, yeah. And, that. That, and also, you know, you can be, you can be forgiving with yourself that, you know, we go through easy and hard and weird seasons of our life. That's Okay. But just know that sobriety is a bit of a full-time job. It is a bit of a relationship that you have in your life. 100%. And so you need to nurture it just as you would a relationship or a job, whatever it might be, if you want to be successful in it. And we all knows what all know what happens if you're comfortable in either like any of those things, relationship, job that's when shit hits the fan. So exactly keep that in mind, keep that in mind. And if you, you know, never think that, that you should go hunting a relapse just because we say they're good. Obviously you're not going to do that, but I want to say it so that I feel better when I go to sleep. Um, but if it happens, like use the data point and don't let one mistake turn into 50 mistakes. Cause that's easy to do. Like just cause you relapse one night doesn't mean you need to relapse 10 nights you know no make, you guys are better than done. that <laughs> better than that we're gonna call this the sobriety tough love podcast name change, name change. <gasps> maybe next right. week we'll come at it from more more like soft love point of yes. view <laughs> we were spicy this week i don't know <laughs> i think we both just had long days i can i'm getting that vibe or long so. weeks and we just like needed someone to, <laughs> to vent at yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry, guys, but thanks Sorry about for that. listening. <laughs> All right. All right, we'll see you later. Bye, guys. Peace.